Okay, uh, folks, moving along in the show. We've got lots more coming up. And um, I had to tell you something at this point in time, but I don't have it written down, so I can't remember what I was, was going to tell you. Was it thought-provoking intelligence? Well, no, not no. a show. That'd be no. a contradiction. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I wrote them down I'm on my phone. Let's see. Guys. Two very surprising things happened today. Okay. No, I mean this week. Two <laughs> very surprising things happened. Carly Simon told everybody. Oh, yeah. The Big Secret. In, uh, about the song so You're So Vain. Vain. And the big secret was that the song was written about Warren Beatty. Here's the deal. Everyone already knew that. Yes. We knew this. We did. But that was the big reveal. Here's the next big reveal. Okay. Charlie Sheen is HIV positive. That I didn't expect. <laughs> but I'm not surprised. <clears throat> Let me clarify. I don't understand why you have to go on a media run for that. Um, Other than it's... I think he was doing it out of guilt because he didn't tell people. He's trying to avoid not getting sued because he is getting sued. I think is he not? Well, he, it's it's illegal to to have sex with someone uh, without informing them beforehand. Right. And that you're uh, having sex with them. Yes. Well, I know. I know he did some drugs. No. What, what I'm saying is, I just yeah. I guess that's what it was. There was some legal stuff behind the thing, and I just thought that's just goofy. All that stuff. I I don't. I don't. I actually don't want to hear about it. You know. So I'm sorry I announced it on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a WTF segment on the Drew Marshall Show. That stands for Where's the Faith? And we are joined by a variety of religion reporters from an assortment of news outlets. And we catch up in the happenings of, of the world of religion and faith and cults. Oh, my. Today's WTF guest is Sarah Pulliam Bailey. That's right. One of the many three-named religion reporters that we have had on our show. Religion reporter for the Washington too. Post. WashingtonPost.com forward slash people forward slash Sarah hyphen Pulliam hyphen Bailey. Sarah, please tell me there's a simpler uh, website that we can tell people. Google me or find me on Twitter or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I am. I'm in the middle of doing a little radio show. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did. Do you want to hear some personal news? Oh, no. What? I mean, good news? Wait, what? <laughs> are you pregnant? News. I'm pregnant. Well, yeah! <laughs> Sarah <laughs> What is? Uh, how far along are you? <laughs> I'm due in March, so I'm halfway. <laughs> well, good for you. That's exciting. Way to, way to go. Do you have children Thank already? You. I don't know anything about you. Do you have children no, already? No, this is my first. This is my first. So you know the, the bad ready thing for the roller coaster. The ride, bad thing friend. about oh yeah, have you puked and all that stuff? Morning, morning. Oh stuff? yeah, oh okay. yeah. I was covering Pope Francis during this. You covered Pope, Pope Francis <laughs> and puke. <laughs> Yeah. You technicolor yawned all over Pope Francis. <laughs> well, welcome welcome to the Drew Marshall Show. Let's get down okay. to business here. Um, yeah. So what's going on in Michigan? Apparently uh, they elected a yeah. Muslim-majority city council? Yes. Um, so the city in, in Michigan, which actually is close to the border of Canada, um, it, uh, it elected a Muslim-majority. So four out of six of their city council members are now Muslims. And it's this interesting little city that used to be a hub for Polish um, Catholic in- immigrants. And so it's a, a very Catholic town. There's a statue of Pope John Paul II. That Pope went to that city and visited it in 1986. So it has this long history of Catholic tradition. But now it's become a Muslim-majority city uh, as well. It's very welcoming to immigrants, has a very diverse population. Um, and it's just a really interesting uh, city. So I went to the city to do a story on what does it look like to live in a city that's Muslim majority now in America. 
Wow. Yeah, I don't know. If, I mean, wait. Are there how many cities are Muslim majority in America? None. No, like we think this is the first. We think. Wow. I don't know if anybody is like sitting around tracking this, but no. Um, the you know, professors that I talk to say it is the council. The council there in that city may want to come up to Brampton and have a look around because <laughs> I think that's probably. Would you not think, Tim, up in our neck of the woods, Brampton is probably more of a Muslim majority. Well, I city? don't know if it's more of a Muslim, but it's definitely not white. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Sorry, those two shouldn't go. No, anywhere. that's not right to do that. Hopefully they won't be refusing the refugees coming into town like all the other people in the state seem. Partly what's interesting about the town is they're very open-minded. They're very tolerant. They love that they're diverse. But on a very functional level, they're very upset that the call to prayer is broadcast at 6 a.m. Like senior citizens living next to a mosque, they're like, you have to do this at 6 a.m. Um, and so I think it's interesting that they have this, like, tension between wanting to be welcoming and then also, will, um, you know, allowing people to sort of practice their religion as well. What has Pope Francis said about the, uh, the attacks in Paris? So he condemned them um, as expected. But um, what I think is interesting is this week there has been a, kind of a lingering debate over refugees and what Americans should do about um, the refugee crisis. So Pope Francis uh, said in 2014 something like, Jesus was a refugee too, we need to be a welcoming, open church. Um, and so that that statement has been circulating a lot this week as there has been a debate between how do we uh, keep our country secure and then how do we extend compassion to our neighbors. Sure, and I saw a map recently somewhere that showed the United States of America broken down into states that were willing to accept uh, refugees and states yeah. that weren't, et cetera, and, and it was colored red for the states that weren't. And wow, I mean, it, it's, we're talking yeah. a vast majority of the United States of America does oh, not yeah. want refugees. I think that's been really surprising for a lot of people this week, the number. I mean, if it were a handful of states or certain kinds of states, you're like, wow, that's the Texas thing, whatever, but it's been a really big um, talking point this week. Be interested to see pre um, Paris attack and then post Paris attack. Yeah. See if those uh, yeah. numbers have changed. What's yep. What's the word on us Canadians being more gracious than you guys? I mean, uh, per capita. <laughs> well, isn't that true of all like all things? <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is yeah. in every every aspect. The Olympics, we're happy to give you gold. We'll take bronze. Yeah. We're fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, you know, we're taking in twenty five thousand. But at the end of the year, apparently, and uh, our, pr- yeah. our Prime Minister Kumbaya guy. Uh, <laughs> He uh, he's gonna he's gonna put us in big time debt over the next number of years. Uh, and uh, what is the, uh, the there were some big dollars, a uh, few billion, one point something or two point something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, one to, point something. Yeah, to take care of of these folks and and twenty five thousand, wow. and the Americans are only bringing in ten. That's a lot. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's and and even the ten thousand is you know a huge debate and controversy, and even though it's like a fraction, like you know you kind of. What other countries are doing? Um, no, it's just this huge. Uh, you know, there's the security part of it, the money part of it, um, and just in general, this t- sense of like we need to take care of our own before we, you know, figure out what to do with these yeah. people overseas. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you're going to be taking care of your own quite nicely as soon as Donald Trump becomes your president. <laughs> so that's that's quite exciting. Sarah Pulliam Bailey, a religion oh reporter for the Washington Post, on the phone with us. Um, okay, so the Mormon Church. Um, did they put their yeah. foot in it, or, or are they standing firm? I mean, what's going on with same-sex households in the Mormon Church? Yeah, so if you are a child of a same-sex couple, you can no longer—well, not that you could necessarily before, but they put a firm policy. You cannot get baptized. You cannot be entered um, 
into sort of the record of the Mormon Church. And so at 18, you can request and you can go through a process to hopefully, you know, if you want to get the um, the bishop to recommend you to, to do that. And then also you have to disavow your parents of their same-sex um, practices. You have to leave their house. And then those who are in same-sex relationships, they are considered to be apostates, no longer part of the Mormon Church. I thought so the Mormon Church was behind, what was it, Bill, the, the bill that was going to legalize marriage? They were behind, you know, uh, being against it. And then they turned and said, actually, we're, we're now okay with it. Uh, so how does that all fly in with this? So I think what's interesting on that, there's a policy level, like what they do in the public square, and then there's what they do in the church. Okay. And those are two separate things. Okay. And I think in, in Utah, they saw the, you know, they read the tea leaves or whatever and said, gay marriage is coming. We better at least figure out a way to find protections for religious groups so that things like um, losing accreditation or losing funding or things like that won't happen. So what they did was they did a compromise. Um, LGBT groups worked with LDS groups in Utah specifically to say, we're going to both have gay rights and religious rights, and they're going to coexist. Wow. And that's been an interesting discussion to see if that could play out around the country. It seems very specific to Utah at this point. All right, here's another story Washington Post. You folks at the Washington Post are covering in the uh, religion department. Apparently the evangelicals, are uh, maybe shifting their minds and attitudes about the death penalty? Yeah, so the National Association of Evangelicals, which is like an umbrella group for a lot of denominations that would call themselves evangelicals, they, for a long time, for decades, they were um, pretty pro-death penalty, um, had a whole statement written up and said, you know, this is sort of the evangelical position on the death penalty. And what they did recently was they decided to um, sort of override that um, previous statement and say there are evangelicals that feel both pro-death penalty and anti-death penalty, and we recognize that there are theological um, reasons for taking post positions, which might sound minor. It's not a full, like, 180 um, switch on it, but it's still um, much more open than they were to anti-death penalty sentiment. And evangelicals in the United States are the religious group most likely to support the death penalty. So that's why it was uh, significant politically. i got to say, it is always a pleasure to speak with you folks at the Washington Post in the Religion Department, because you actually cover fantastic stories, and you've got a good team there. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Pulliam Bailey is who we've been chatting with, religion reporter for the Washington Post. WashingtonPost.com, of course, is where you want to go for, for all of these stories. Sarah, let's let's just talk about something more important. Can you, do you mind? Okay. No, yeah, it's just... Baby names. Thank you, babe. Do you have any suggestions? We're having a girl. Okay, having a girl. Timothy's, <laughs> Timothy's nice. Timothy for a girl is yeah, nice. it's a very nice name. You're an idiot. <laughs> okay. Um, what's a good girl name these days? How about Shaniqua? Shaniqua. No, I don't know. I heard it recently. We have ideas, but it's it's been a you know process of elimination. Like, do we like how it sounds with the last name Bailey? You know that sort of thing. Are you having like middle names so you keep the grandparents happy on both sides? I my middle name is Louise, and it's a family name, so I would like to name middle name Louise. No okay, so so now we know what her first yeah. name is going to be. It's going to be Thelma. Nice, Martha. <laughs> Thelma? Martha Louise. Martha Louise. No, that's a nice name. Would you stop it? Oh boy. Well, I wish you all the best with your uh, with Thank your wee you. one and your pregnancy and. Um, 
Thank you. And, and all that goes with that, and I really don't want to discuss it anymore. Sarah Pulley <laughs> Bailey on the Drew Marshall. So, so good to chat with you. Uh, happy Hanukkahs, Sarah. You. Yeah. Thank bye, you. Bye. You bye. All right, folks, a short break, and uh, when we come back, it's the pub crawl. Stay with us. Bye. 